Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast of your favorite team in the Bay Area. On today's episode, we dive into another draft profile. Uh, this one, Jaden Perron. We have our good friend Hattie from Locked on uh, NHL Prospects on. Uh, so we're going to talk about Perron. Uh, why, even though he's five foot eight, he is an absolute monster on the ice, and why he would be an, a steal for the Sharks in the uh, beginning of the second round. So all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Sharks. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked On Sharks your first listen, proudly a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we cover your team every day. Um, and you can find us every day wherever you get podcasts. And, of course, you can watch this on YouTube as well. Uh, our good friend Hattie stops by. Uh, we're going to talk about Jaden Perron today. We Super fun, intriguing player. Um, he's five foot eight, small boy, but he can do everything. Um, so we talk about kind of why he's such an intriguing prospect, how he has so many development paths to kind of be whatever type of player you need him to be. Uh, if you need to be a goal scorer, if you need to be a playmaker, if you need him to be just kind of a high energy third liner, he can do it all for you. So, and then at the end, we have Hattie. Uh, he helps us in our debate between Smith, Mishkov, and Carlson. Uh, so we, we talk about that, what the shark, what he would do if he was in charge of the sharks or if he was Mike Greer, um, kind of discuss the, the potential of Mishkov to the sharks or Carlson or Smith. Um, so plenty of good stuff to ch chat about with our friend Hattie. And now we bring in locked on NHL prospects Hattie to talk about uh, one Jaden Perron. Hattie, how's it going, buddy? doing good doing good it's uh it's peak season for me right now so going through these games as much as possible trying to get as many viewings in before my final rankings uh yeah keeping busy yes uh and a player that's going to keep i i set out a list of guys and you jumped on Jaden perron uh yeah. small boy who scores some goals so let's uh inter get introduced to Jaden perron so perron uh forward plays for the chicago steel uh is going to be going to uh north dakota state uh you know sorry university of north dakota um mm -hmm. to play his collegiate hockey um next season five foot eight small boy 157 61 games this year, had 24 goals, 48 assists, 176 shots on goal. Uh, we'll start as we always do. What makes Jaden Perron such an intriguing prospect? Well, the thing is, um, I have a very difficult time pointing to anything in this game and being like, okay, that's a weakness. Um, mm -hmm. He's a very Other than him being five foot eight. <laughs> that's the only thing. That's literally yeah. the only thing that I can point to and be like, yeah, no, this is a this is something that might hold him back. Uh, tremendous skater, one of the best skaters in the draft. He just flies around the ice effortlessly. Um, even if he does fly around the ice effortlessly, his effort level is through the roof. Mm -hmm. um, really, really good defensively. Incredibly, surprisingly good defensively. Always in the right lanes. Always putting a stick on the ice in the right spots. Just really strong on that end great shot and i argue even better playmaking 
Um, and on top of that, he's got some of the slickest hands in the draft as well. So it's just there's so many elements to his game that are enticing that really the only concern for me with him is is the size. But the more I watch him, the more I feel like he's tailored his game around his lack of size so well that it won't be a concern moving forward. He plays between checks, um, you know, sneaks behind opponents, uh, you know, finds these little pockets of spaces, plays one two hockey, doesn't really keep the, the puck on his stick for long. Um, really connects plays quickly and moves on very quickly. So there's just so much to love about his game. And yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm so high on him. Uh, us here at Dauber Prospects, we're the highest on him among the public rankings that are available on Elite Prospects. We have him 11th overall. Um, mm. the, the next uh, the next rankings out that are the closest to us would be 13th at Spot Scouting. Uh, and then it's just down from there. He's 62nd on Craig Button's list, 50th on Bob McKenzie's. I mean... The, the the difference between the public and private scouting, I mean, the difference between the public rankings that don't really kind of talk to teams about what they feel yeah. and, and don't talk to scouts and, you know, the Craig Buttons and Bob McKenzie's who have their thumb on the pulse of um, the, the scouting sphere. It's just a massive gap in terms of the, 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 the valuation of a prospect like this. But honestly, I just... I'm going to have a very hard time talking about weaknesses with, with, uh, with Perron. It's going to be very difficult. All right. So, you know, you talked about his shot and like kind of reading about him and like looking at his stats, he actually kind of, you know, and the size of course too, um, yeah. sharks prospect, Daniel Gushin, right? Five mm -hmm. foot eight Russian, um, you know, even looking at their stats of their draft year. So Gushin in his playing in the USHL for Muskegon, um, his draft year had 42 games. He had 22 goals, 25 assists, 47 points. So mm -hmm. um, the goal production is about the same. I know Perron played a few more games. Um, yeah. Are they comparable? Is this a good comparison? I know Gushin, we know about his deadly, deadly shot. And he's really kind yeah. of worked to become more of a well-rounded game. But um, is it just a more well-rounded Gushin? Well, they're fundamentally different in the sense that Gushin was really heavily reliant on his goal scoring in his draft year. Um, yep. I, I believe he had more goals and assists in his draft year. Um, for Jaden Perron, the goal scoring is a byproduct of his playmaking. It's a byproduct of his ability to play one-two hockey, to get into open space, to find those little pockets of space to work off of. Um, he's also a, a much better skater than Gushin in his draft year. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, the defensive foundations are there. I mean, for me, they're fundamentally different, but in terms of their upside, in terms of what they could provide to an NHL team down the road, they're similar in terms of, you know, their projectability and, and what their ceiling would be. But at the, it, you know, both of them at their best would still be working in different ways in terms of how they produce offense and how they get involved on the team. I, I feel like Perron's ceiling is higher just because of his overall um, you know, impact on the game. If he's mm -hmm. not scoring, he's still impacting the game in a profound way. He's winning pucks back. He's winning board battles, um, you know, chasing down defenders on the four check uh, or, or just simply just shutting it down in his own zone and always being in the right places. So I feel like Gushin is, is fundamentally more one dimensional. Yep. Um, whereas, you know, if Perron's like this right now, I'm just terrified of what he's going to be like in <laughs> four or five years when he's really developed his game at the most of its ca capability. And yeah, no, I'm really excited about this prospect. I've got him eighth overall in my rankings, so it, it shouldn't come as a surprise. Yeah, 
No, I'm I'm really high on. I I believe I'm the highest, other than maybe um my colleague His at Number Prospects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's got him first for sure. She's got number one, uh, number one in her yeah. heart. No, the other, the only other guy I've seen have him ranked as high as I do is is my colleague at uh, Number Prospects, Sebastian High, who's another scout I very much respect. Um, yeah, we've got very similar opinions on on Peron, but like I said, Craig Button has him 60 seconds. I I don't get it, but. You know, he he must have talked to enough scouts for that to be reflective of what we're going to see on draft day. Okay, so you talked about kind of his game lacks weaknesses and stuff. What do you think is the most translatable skill for him as he continues to develop? It goes into the NCAA and then eventually AHL college, or uh, and then of, of one day in the NHL. What do you think is his most translatable skill? It's the combination of skating and processing, honestly. He thinks mm-hmm. as fast as he plays, and that's really important in order to avoid getting eight, nine breakaways a game and not scoring on any of them. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Jaden Perron's going to have no problem translating in terms of his pace of play, in terms of his processing speed to the NHL. That's one thing that I look at, and I'm like, yeah, this is an NHL skill. He's already ready for that. Um other than that, maybe the defense would be second. He's really solid in his own zone. He really astounded me on many viewings with how how well he thinks the game off the puck and how how well he understands his opponent's intentions and what they're trying to do. Now, his opponent's intentions are going to get more difficult to understand, are going to get more complex, and are going to get more masked as he mm-hmm. you know climbs ranks and reaches you know the, the pro level one day. Um, but I feel like he's going to develop along with that. And the transition time is going to get shorter and shorter um, as he learns how to play the, the pro game. Now, he's still a junior player at his core. You yep. know, he has some pro elements, but he he still fundamentally, you know, plays like a junior player in terms of how he gets his points because it works right now in the USHL. But I think that he's smart enough to, in, in order to kind of adapt his game to the level he plays at as he climbs around. All right, guys, before we finish up with uh, Hattie on Jaden Perron, we're going to talk about uh, where Perron kind of fits in, uh, how long we expect him to stay at college, and, and you know, playing with Chicago Steel if he gets a little bit of a, an extra bump there. Um, do need to take a quick, quick break, talk to you guys about our friends over at eBay Motors. Um, if you're looking for a part, there's nothing worse than trying getting the wrong part for your car. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can make sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for a green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Um, just because like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the uh, right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Thanks. All right, we know the Chicago Steel always kind of a powerhouse in the USHL. Um, yeah. They have uh, this kid, uh, Celebrini, if you don't know who he is, probably <laughs> going to be the first pick next year in the 2024 draft. Probably. Not, <laughs> probably. He, you know, um, he's very good. Um, yeah. How much of, of you know his play is, or Perron's play, is it based on some of the guys he's played with, or is it he's driving his own line? Well, you know, he's fourth on his team in scoring with 72 points in 61 games. Um, he's spent some time with Celebrini and some time with uh, Nick Moldenhauer as well. 
Um, but I believe he spent the most of his ice time with Jack Harvey, who's the third player um, in scoring on that team. Harvey's a pure goal scorer, mm-hmm. and Perron up till that point was using his goal scoring heavily, but he showed adaptability by playing off his teammates' strengths. So for me, that's really, really important because if he's still sticking to his guns and playing the same way, no matter who he's playing with, sure, that shows confidence in his abilities, but that also shows a lack of adaptability. And adaptability is so underrated when it comes to evaluating you know, prospects and their ability to climb the ranks and become NHLers one day. It's the difference between a perennial AHLer who's extremely skilled um, and a bona fide top six NHLer. That could be the difference between those two. So I, I'm not too concerned with the fact that he's fourth on his team in scoring because when you when you watch the games, when you see him on the ice, he often stands out and it's not just for his offensive skill. It's just mm. his overall game is he impacts the game in all three zones. Um, the amount of times where he's one pucks back, pass him to, the, to his defenseman, and then his, his defenseman will just bomb a pass up the, up the ice to uh, two players who are breaking out on a two-on-one. He doesn't get a point on that, but yeah. it's it's almost exclusively because of his defensive impact that that play even happened to start with. So there's a lot of sequences like that that I've seen from Perron that kind of explain to me that the point totals hide a bit of the quality of impact that he provides on a night by night basis. I think he's really solid. All right. So um, you mentioned not too many in the weaknesses category, but um, mm-hmm. other than being five foot eight, 157 pounds, uh, what is the kind of, again, things he's going to have to work on um, as he continues to grow and develop. So you mentioned he still plays as a junior. So I guess kind of the the maturation of his game, right? Learning mm-hmm. uh, that what, where else you kind of see areas that just areas to improve. Yeah. So, you know, he is shorter than his opposition. I believe he still wins more than his fair share of, of puck battles, but that's one mm-hmm. thing he can improve on even further. Um, when you're five, eight, when, when you're his size, honestly, you, you have to be able to compensate for that with your work ethic and with your technique. I still feel like Perron's technique isn't up there in terms of, you know, making sure that he's able to win puck battles against 6-3, 6-4, 6-5 defensemen in the NHL one day. Um, so that's one thing that I would say perhaps needs to be worked on. But even if, you know, I don't think you draft Jaden Perron. Sorry. Uh, we got <laughs> We got a visitor. He just decided to, to just walk on my kid. Thank you, Millie. Uh Yeah. That is not getting <laughs> cut out either, too. I hope you know. Yes. Cool. So yeah, he he I don't think you're drafting Jaden Perron for his forechecking. I yeah. think you're drafting Jaden Jaden Perron for the pace and skill that he brings. And even if that doesn't improve in his game, he's gonna find a way. You know, he has so many elements of his game that are refined, that are solid, that are projectable, that you just take your pick. If you want to make him a playmaker, fine-tune his playmaking. If you want to make him a goal scorer, have him work on a shot even further. If you want to make him a defensive ace, you know, a third line shutdown player. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. He's got those tools. I, I think he's got a lot of different elements in his game that can work out. He's he's basically a template player. He's just he's a clean slate in terms of of you know he's a development team's dream. You can yeah. do whatever you want with him, and he's got multiple pathways to the NHL. I feel uh, one of them's not as forechecking. Um, <laughs> he's got the intensity, but the the technique is off. He doesn't really drop his weight as much as possible in order to, to get under. There's no weight to drop. Kind of thing. <laughs> That's the thing. He's what, yeah. 158 pounds. Yeah. He's going to have to put on weight. And I think he will. I, I think will, it's yeah. inevitable. I mean, he's, 
he's 5,857. Usually a 5'8 player in the NHL will be around 175. So I think that's the baseline for him. If he adds a couple a couple inches of growth, you're maybe talking about a 180, 185 pound mm-hmm. player. You know, 5'10, 185 pound Jaden Perron would be great. I don't think he's got much room for growth, but it, it at his size right now, if he adds, you know, 20, 25 pounds of weight, he's he's an NHLer. He's got the elements in order to make it. Yep. All right. Uh, so you talked about his different paths and stuff. Um, yeah. If everything breaks right, everything works out, perf, you know, the, the top tier development path, uh, What what's his ceiling? I think you're getting a um, a very, very solid high-end second-line winger. I think that's the upside for Perron. But in terms of his impact on the game, he's pretty much one of the best second-line players you're going to get, uh, which is why I have him so high. I think that the players below him have a slightly better chance of being better players. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the projectability with Perron and the versatility of his game is so solid that... You know, he's the type of guy that you can plug on your second line, kind of a kind of like you know, a, a second liner on a really good team, like a David Krejci type. Um, mm-hmm. but kind of a winger version of that, where he can do everything for you. He can kill penalties, he can he can play on the power play, net front, half wall, slap him on the point, he'll make it work. I mean, just a, a player with that level of versatility, I feel like is really important in today's NHL. And yeah, no, f- for me. The the best I don't think you'll ever see Jaden Perron on a first line because that's a yep. lot to ask out of him. Um, you know, facing the the Headmans and Macars and all that of the NHL, it's going to be very difficult for him. But as a second liner, you can't go wrong with him. So, and then um, you mentioned that with his kind of flexibility of being able to do, you feel like he's going to be an NHL player one day, though, just because yeah. there's so many pat like you said, right? If his shot's not working, guess what? He can do this or do that type of thing. So you you feel yeah. like where he gets drafted, you're you're getting an NHL player out of him. Hundred uh, percent. I don't think there's any doubt about that with Jaden Perron. Um, mm-hmm. You you can't not get an NHLer out of a player with this many refined facets of his game. He plays such a complete game, and it's not like he's a jack of all trades, master of none. His skating is borderline elite. His mm-hmm. hands are borderline elite. Um, he, he's just got those those elements to his game that you can build around. I mean, skating and hands, you can turn that into anything. You can get a sniper out of that. You can get a playmaker out of that. You can get a defensive player out of that. But regardless, the foundation of skating and hands is so good that this is why I have him. I don't think I wouldn't have him eighth overall. if I felt for a second that there was any chance that he couldn't be an NHL. Yep. Uh, I, I genuinely feel even if he weren't to improve at all, I he'd do good as a fourth liner. Um, that, that's I think that's the minimum you get at a prom. Okay. And then, so he's going to North Dakota uh, next year. What do you kind of picture his timeline? Three years of college as you do the full four. What do you kind of picture his timeline for before he turns pro? Yeah, the four, the four years are realistic. I think okay. it's, players of his size usually go the full four and take some time to mature and hit their ceiling and um, join an NHL team. I'd be very, very astounded unless he has a an absolutely astounding breakout year for Nodak in his first year. I think that you know he either he either comes as a sophomore or his team's going to wait the full four and make sure he's fully developed. Um, those are the kind of the two options for me. Uh, it really does depend on how early and how quick he gets on the board and 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 starts racking up points because i feel he's completely capable of um dealing with the ncaa as he is um but i feel like just steadily working towards a point per game in his uh freshman year would be a great sign uh, i feel like he'll stay below that but by his by his final year he'll be one of the best players in the ncaa 
All right, guys, before we finish up with uh, Hattie, we're going to talk about you know, kind of the top of the draft here, right, of, you know, the Michkov versus Smith versus Carlson, what Hattie would do, um, you know, and kind of talk about some guys that are a little bit of red flags for Hattie. Uh, do want to talk to you guys about a new sponsor, uh, Bird Dogs. Uh, they sent me a pair of shorts, and they are some of the most comfortable shorts I have ever worn. Um, they're great for if you're going to soccer practice with your kids, you're hanging around the house, you go into the pool, um, whatever you're doing, they have the versatile and comfort for whatever you're doing um, in sports, life, whatever it is. So if you're like me, you got maybe a little bit of the uh, the dad bod going on. Um, great thing about it, they help make guys with a little bit of dad bod look better and feel comfortable. Um, like I said, they sent super soft, super relaxing, super f- nice fit. I got the a little bit longer inseams because, uh, again, I'm not, not much of showing off the uh, the thigh, but um, plenty of styles to choose from. If you want the, the you know, your different inseams, plenty of styles, sizes, whatever you need, they've got you covered at Bird Dogs. So uh, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnHL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnHL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. So make sure you guys are checking out Bird Dogs uh, at birddogs.com. So let's before we kind of get out of here, wanted to talk some bigger draft stuff. Haven't had you on it in a little while. So wanted to talk, uh, of course, the raging debate that is going on Sharks Twitter, uh, I know Montreal Twitter is starting to get a little bit too as the uh, waiting for the scraps that come down in the draft. But uh, mm-hmm. of course, right, we we know uh, Badar is going to go number one until yeah. he's going to go number two, and it's going to come down to Columbus, right? Columbus is going to, uh, we know they want a center, so it's most likely going to be Will Smith or Leo Carlson. Um, mm-hmm. The Sharks could be in a position to draft Michkov, Will Smith, or Leo Carlson. So where do you stand? How would you rank them, or how do you rank them as of right now? Uh, Matt Vemichkov, I mean, come on. he He's so good. He's, he's very good. <laughs> I mean, listen, I had my reservations when I saw him in St. Petersburg because I saw a player who would try to shoot from literally everywhere. I mean, he, I, I saw him take more shots Peter's from the corner. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he was shooting from the corner from like behind the goal line more than from the slot. At one point, it was just like, man, just take a step. Just yeah. breathe, you know? But <laughs> I mean... The more I watched him in St. Petersburg, the more I realized, like, I mean, he's he's playing like three shifts a night. I, he wants to shoot the puck and like every puck touch is his last chance to get a shot in the game. So it's like, yeah, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. But when he when he moved to Sochi, man, 20 points in 28 games, that's never been seen before in the KHL by any draft eligible. We're talking Ovechkin, Kuznetskov, uh, Tarasenko, you name it. He outscored them all. And you saw a very different player, a player who knowing that he's going to be back on the ice in three minutes was able to take a breath, take a step, you know, lift his head up, have a thought from time Mm -hmm. to time. And, and just, man, he was completely different. He quelled so many of my doubts. Um, For me, he's neck and neck with Fantilli at third overall uh, at second overall, rather. Mm. Um, I think there's a very solid argument. And honestly, I'm, I'm pulled between those two. I don't know who to pick between the two. If it was up to me, if, if, you know, I was the head scout of a team picking second overall, I would be pulling my hair out, not knowing what I will do. Um, Because Adam Fantilli is fantastic. Like there's no doubt about that, but Matt Famichkov has the potential to become a hall of famer down the line. And I think at San Jose, I, I was talking about that the other day with, um, well, earlier today on the different podcasts, I was talking about the San Jose Sharks and what they would do in this situation. I'm thinking, you guys have time. You know, there's no rush at all. 
Yep. You can wait three years for a generational talent who will come during the prime of most of your high-end talents who's going to be coming on a three-year ELC at under a million per year for the next three years. I mean, that's a fantastic deal. If I'm the Sharks, I'm pulling that trigger right away. I mean, Matthew Mishkov is... You don't get players like this every draft. And the risk is, do you take a Will Smith or a Leo Carlson and potentially lose a chance of having a generational player in your lineup three years down the line. I think that a lot of the issues with Mishkov have been overblown, um, especially off the ice. I mean, he said explicitly that he wants to come to North America and play in the NHL. That's he's, he's made that extremely clear. It's not like he's on the fence about whether or not to come and you have a reason to doubt that he will. And to think that the Russian government would prevent him from coming over. I mean, he's a, he's just a player. Yeah, I mean, they've got bigger fish to fry. I feel like that's overblown as well. So, for me, there's no doubt about it. Any anywhere past third overall for Matvey Michkov is a monumental steal, and there's no doubt about it. So that's who I would take. Second pick would probably be Leo Carlson if he's available. I think that Columbus jumps on him. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarmo loves his Swedes. He has a lot of connections in Sweden, so I think that's what's happening. So if you're picking between Will Smith and 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 uh and Matt Vanishkov, it's there's a there's a tremendous gulf in skill between the two. I'd even put Zach Benson ahead of Will Smith in terms of guys I'd consider at fourth. Mm. So yeah. I do love me some Zach Benson. Oh, yeah. he's fantastic. I can talk about him for days, but we're talking about Mishkov. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 Mishkov for sure for me at fourth. Yeah, so I mean Will Smith, right? I mean, you we saw kind of he's you know, you look at uh you know Uncle Bob's rankings, right? The the gospel of the rankings. Uh yeah. But like you know, he his he did his top twelve. Will Smith jumped to third. And I know he's had a really good U18s and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it, for much of the season, it felt like you know one, two, three was Leo Carlson and Mitchkov could be anywhere because of the. Are you a little surprised to see Will Smith kind of reach up here? Or are you? It sounds like you have a little bit of hesitation about Will Smith that high. Where are you? How are you feeling about Mister Smith right now? So. Will Smith is an interesting case because his upside is really high. I think that he could reach 90 points at his best in the NHL. Um, That's kind of the best you would be getting out of uh, Will Smith. But you know how people talk about Zach Benson having poor skating and Andrew Crystal having poor skating? They have less impressive skating than Will Smith, who Mm -hmm. does have some skating deficiencies as well, but not, not as much as those two. But I'm more concerned about Will Smith's skating compared to those other two because he hasn't tailored his game around his lack of pace. He's not thinking five, five steps ahead. He's not moving off the puck the way he should. He's playing like a fast player when he's slow. There's a difference for me. Zach Benson has, has this level of adaptability. That's so fantastic that he's compensated for his lack of foot speed by perfectly playing the way a slow player should think Mark Stone, Nick Suzuki, yep. et cetera. Bill Pavelski always. Yeah. Like, exactly yeah. <laughs> that kind of vibe from from him for mm-hmm. whereas will smith he plays like yevgeny kuznetsov without the skating of yevgeny kuznetsov so he's either going to have to adapt his game or he's going to have to work on his skating whereas the other two i mentioned crystal and benson they don't have to do either of those things because they think and work at the pace that they skate there's no there's no mm-hmm. disconnect there so for me will smith is still a fantastic option because like i mentioned at his best his stick handling is fantastic. His passing is immaculate. He's got a great shot. His tools are so good, but there's a there's work to do with him. Whereas 
You pick a guy like Michkov. Michkov's a plug-and-play. As soon as his contract's over in SKA, you sign him to that ELC, you plug him in on your first line, he'll get you 80 points. Easy. You know, um, it's it's that, that kind of thing. Sounds sick. Oh, my God. I was talking about this on the podcast earlier. That is a match made in heaven. Yeah, and Sam McGilligan said the exact same thing. Just it's Eklund. unbelievable. Just the yeah. sneaky elusiveness of Eklund with the ability of Michkov to find anyone anywhere and also put the puck in the back of the net like no one else. I mean, if you've got Eklund and Michkov as, as your, your first line kind of duo, Mm-hmm. that's just insanity. And then you can just plug in any guy on their left who's, who's going to, you know, do at least their, fir- their fair share of forechecking, and you've got a first line for the next 15 years. It's insane. So, yeah, no, f- for me, Will Smith, I mean, right now I have him sixth or seventh. I have him seventh, yeah. So he's not a guy I would consider at fourth. I think that's too high for him. Mm-hmm. Given that Bob McKenzie's on that board, you know, the U18s are such an important event for scouts in the nhl because so many of them do not value video scouting so all they get is live games yep. and everybody and their mother is at the u18s everybody's there so you know when even when jane Perron's mom is she absolutely. <laughs> he's not there but she is she was uh, there she's like oh my yeah. son's better than all these kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. these scrubs these uh scrubs. so yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah no i mean it's it's so important for scouts that I think that Bob McKenzie has, you know, Bob McKenzie's always been right with his with his. I mean, he's always like statistically, he's always been the closest to the final rankings yep. of the of draft day when it comes to the rankings he puts out. So I have no doubt at all that Smith's going to be in the top four conversation. I wouldn't take him there because of the concerns I mentioned. Um, but he's one of the guys I jump on when she hit the five, six, seven, eight range. I mean, that's a guy that you can't really go wrong with in terms of a skill set. He he's got some of those Trevor Zegris, um, sort of Logan Cooley elements to his game that are really enticing, just without the foot speed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, between him and Oliver Moore, it's tight. It's really tight. I mean, right now, my seven, eight, nine is Will Smith, Jaden Perron, Oliver Moore. And I was struggling real hard with the order of those three. I went with Smith for the upside. Yep. Um, but I, man, Oliver Moore would be real fun on the Sharks as well. He reminds me a lot of uh, Dylan Larkin. Okay. I mean, I've I've heard that one a lot. The Dylan Larkin he, for Oliver Moore. Yeah. He's a he's a Dylan Larkin regen. I'm telling mm. you, like he he's got so many of the elements that you like about Larkin: the speed, the intensity, the forechecking, the defensive game, the playmaking. It's all there. So man the sharks have a lot of options of fourth naturally yep um but given the nature of this year's draft if michkov's available i think the sharks are making a mistake not taking him given the timeline towards okay. success and contention of this yep. of the sharks makes sense all right uh, uh yeah i mean now I'm leaning Mishkov. I was Carlson. I talked to Tony Ferrari last week. He had me all Carlson. Now I talked yeah. to you. Now I'm leaning Mishkov. Whatever the Sharks do, like if if Carlson is an amazing, he's a he's minimum a, a second line center, minimum, yeah. or but, like a, an insane power forward, like you're getting, like yeah, it's yeah. No, it's, either one you can't go wrong, but I feel I mean have Mishkov in a different tier than Carlson. I have Mishkov as three, Carlson at four. They're mm-hmm. in different tiers. So that tells you how you know Adam yep. and I am on on Michkov being the better player overall, but I mean, there's this isn't a consolation prize, you know. If you get Carlson, it's a fantastic pick at fourth overall. If you get <laughs> yes. Leo Carlson, so don't worry if you're a Sharks fan and the, and the Sharks take Carlson, that's fantastic for you guys. It really is. 
All right. All right. We'll get you out of here with the last two questions, of course. Uh, so uh, where does one Jaden Perron go? Oh, damn. See, I would take him in the top 15, but that's me. I mean, yeah. if, if we're honest, he's almost definitely going to be a second rounder. Almost definitely. Given what uh, Button and, and McKenzie are on right now, mm-hmm. almost definitely a second rounder. Uh, I'd say if by 40 he's not gone, any team should trade for that pick and pick him right away. All right. Yeah, Sharks have number 36. So, Oh, oh my goodness. That would be really good for you guys. I'm telling you, can't go wrong with Jaden Prawn. I love this guy. All right. And then, uh, so I know I've asked you best player that you're, uh, other than uh, Bedard, uh, but I've asked you that before. I think you, you might have said Fentilli. Or no, you might have said Mitchkoff. Anyway. Um, Not too sure. One of those guys, probably me. Yeah. We're going to go with Mitchkoff now, revisionist history. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so which player, you talked a little bit about Smith, but I'm going to keep Smith out of this one. Which player in the top 10 are you like, you're kind of in the consensus rankings. Are you a little worried about their rankings right now? Excluding Will Smith, because you, yeah, we just talked about him. So, ah, oh, that's a tough one. Um, David Reinbacher would be one. Okay. And it's really just philosophical. I mean, in terms of, you know, what your draft philosophy is. Because for me, David Reinbacher just screams second pairing defenseman. But I have such a difficult time valuing him as anything higher than that. I, f- I feel like his floor and his ceiling is a number three, number four guy. Now, how much do you value that? I'm hearing. Yeah. I'm hearing guys say he's going to go in the top five. I don't know about that. I don't. <laughs> I I really don't. I've got him 20th overall, and it's really because I value upside, you know, yep. and I, I can do that because I'm a I'm a public scout. I don't work for an NHL team. My neck's yep. not on the line. I can I can swing for the fences in my little rankings that I put out online. It's it's you know, I understand a team like the Flyers, a team like the Capitals whose scouts are just like in, in I want to keep my job mode. They're going to go for a guy. Like a safe, you know exactly what you're getting out of him, right? And, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another guy would probably be Dalibor Dvorsky. He had a great U18s, and I feel like that's going to bump him up a lot. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Flyers are looking at him salivating. I have my reservations. Um, I see him. He's Again, he's the type of guy who's got a pretty certain floor, but I have a very difficult time seeing him become anything more than a second-line center. So, again, it's just about how much you value that. And overall, his impact defensively has been rough. His, his time at AIK and the Alsvenskan has been just really, really hard to watch. Um, but, again, good U18s means he's getting bumped up. So those are the two guys I'd say I'm pretty worried about in terms of where they end up and, and them being picked by teams that shouldn't be picking them that high because they need upside in their, uh, in their ranking. Cough, cough, habs. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that's about it. Uh, so, Hattie, thank you very much. Where can the people find you as you celebrate future Hab, uh, day, uh, Rhinebacker? I'm sure you'll oh, be ordering please. that jersey day don't, one. Don't put that the out cart. There. It's already in the cart waiting to go. <laughs> please so. don't put that out. I like him, just not that much. Uh, yeah, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at Hattie K underscore, uh, underscore scouting. That's the one-stop shop. Uh, everything I post, um, videos, tweets, um, rankings, all that stuff, you can find it all there. We've got a YouTube channel, all that, but it's all linked on uh, on Twitter. Uh, just stop by Twitter, give me a follow. You'll find all that stuff there. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Take care. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Hattie. Uh, I'm back on the Meechkov train. No, uh, Peron, 
I know the five foot eight that that is going to scare a lot of GMs um, just because five foot eight, one hundred fifty seven pounds. But if you have a guy who's as versatile and as high skilled as Perron, he is worth it in the second round. If if he's there at thirty six, Sharks take a defenseman at uh, with the number twenty six, the Devils pick, and then you turn around and uh, excuse me and take Perron at thirty six with Michkov at the top. Man, you're you're going to be feeling really, really great about uh, how, your draft here in a couple of years. So um, I know the timeline is going to be a little bit longer for a guy like Perron, but again, like Cam Lund's probably going to spend three or four years in college. Um, you know, like we we know that some of these college guys they take a little bit longer there, but when you're they come out of college, they're more likely to just kind of make that jump into the NHL. They won't need as much ahl time because they're just the style of, of hockey that that's played in college um i think it's a little bit easier transition for them to uh, kind of just jump into the nhl so um really excited about prawn he he's you know real I, I i think he's super intriguing and the sharks think long and hard about him uh 36 if he is there so just begin i know he's five foot eight um but if he can do everything that hattie says he can do he might be a steal. So um, be back tomorrow. I want to thank you guys again for making Locked on Sharks. Probably a part of the Locked on Network. Your first listen. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to dive into the defense and goalies of the Barracuda. Um, so as we continue our Barracuda week, if you missed Tuesday, we did the forwards. Um, on Thursday or tomorrow, yeah, Thursday, we'll, we'll be doing the uh, defense and goalies. Again, kind of continuing this in conversation, their reviews and kind of what's next or that kind of expectations for them heading into next season. At least an early look at that. So um, make sure you guys are following along wherever you get podcasts and, um, you know, on YouTube as well. You can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fry hole. And until tomorrow, bye, friends.